Thanks for finding us and tuning into this podcast this week presented by Beef O'Brady's in Tampa on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Hank's Barbecue and Home Slice Pizza. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome to a winning week edition, a division title winning NFC South division episode of the No Quarter Given podcast presented by the BuckPower.com podcast network. I'm your host, Jason, along with Peter Blake. Yes, sir. What's going on? Victory, uh, what, Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, NFC South champions? You can't get no better than that, can you, Jason Powers? No, it, it was, it was again, not easy. It's never been easy. I don't think it's going to be easy the rest of this year, win or lose. Uh, and we're going to get into the game here in a, in a little bit. Bucks beat the Carolina Panthers 30-24, to get to 8-8, eight and eight, clinch the NFC South meaning this game against Atlanta doesn't have a lot of meaning in the standings. And we're going to talk about the philosophy of do you play some of your starters, do you not? We're going to talk about that later in the podcast. But before we get to the Bucks preview, I think it's just important that we talk about this. You and I are both football fans, and this very easily could have happened to a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It ended up happening to a, Cincinnati, or a Buffalo Bill on Monday Night Football. Obviously, everybody probably knows by now the situation involving DeMar uh, Hamlin. Uh, the, the the cardiac arrest event that happened in the game on Monday night football. Um, you know, uh, we're just, we, we're just going to, we're not going to speculate on what we think it is. We're going to just talk about kind of our emotions watching the game. You and I both were watching the game live when it happened. So we'll talk about just kind of what we were feeling. Uh, we, as of the time of this recording, there's uh, he, he's in the hospital. He's, he's still sedated. We don't know any. Uh, there's no not been any diagnosis of what really happened exactly, um, but we are recording this on Tuesday evening, so he isn't still in uh, the hospital. There's no. There have been no new updates in the last several hours that I've seen, other than he is sedated. Um, and so we're not going to speculate on what the condition is or going to be, not going to be. So we'll leave that. We'll leave that alone till we get more information from the NFL and more importantly the Buffalo Bills and his family. So, just all right, Peter Blake. What was your first thought when you saw him go down? Well, <clears throat> scary situation because I've been watching football for a long time since I was eight years old, so I've never seen anything quite like this. And then basically you start to figure out, you know, this could be a serious situation because you hear that he had to be given CPR. Um, he had to be resuscitated. Right. You start to see players and their emotions and crying and hugging each other. And then the announcers are somber. They're not excited. There's no talk of football anymore because everybody's mindset coming into that game, Jason Powers, is on the possible number one seed between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals. That was a big-time, primetime Monday night football game. And all that has basically shifted focus to this young man's health. So it really hit me when you start to see coaches come to midfield. Players are walking off the field. A very surreal situation. 
The NFL, I don't think, handled it correctly. I mean, you give them five minutes uh, for what? Cooling off? I get it. NFL players get 15 minutes but after the game if they lose or win for a cooling off period. Something along the lines, the game should have been canceled and good for the NFL to get the decision right. And now it's kind of up in the air what you're going to do with playoff seating. But at the end of the day, like my father used to say, rest in peace. It's just a game, son. And it is just a game when you're talking about human beings possibly uh, losing their life on the playing field. So Yeah, I mean, it was, again, just watching the play. Yeah. Again, I've got a pretty good eye. I mean, I've been watching a lot of sports just like you. It reminded me of people that don't remember the, the Hank Gather situation 30 oh. years ago when he was at Loyola Marymount. Mm. Uh, you know, a, a little bit different, but similar. He collapsed in the middle of the court, middle of the game. Sure. Um, you know, passed away on the court. Basically, he he'd had a previous, you know, issue with, with a seizure previously to that. But basically, in the middle of the game, he basically dropped dead in the middle of the court in a basketball game. This guy was an All-American you know, player at the Loyola Marymount, look it up, 1990, go back and uh, YouTube, uh, Hank Gathers, tremendous player, unbelievable athlete, kind of reminded me that you could tell within the first minutes when they ran up, when the, first of all, the the enthusiasm that the trainers ran on the field was a little different than even a, a concussion situation. We've seen a lot of bad hits, but when he got up and staggered back down and you saw a couple of the on-field players really start waving on guys. You saw the officials, kind of the emphaticness of they were stopping the clock. You knew, and then a minute into it, you really saw some reactions on the field of some players that, man, this is not just a concussion situation. This is more of a theoretically a life and death situation that's developing. Yeah, it's a serious situation, and, uh, you know, it's crazy. But just, uh, what, about a couple months ago, you saw Tua on the field dealing with concussion symptoms yep. and that was scary in itself. So all you could say is, you know, prayers to the, the young man's family, Hamlin's uh, of course, prayers to the Buffalo bills and prayers to the NFL players out there because they got to be going through it. Right. I mean, they're all brothers at the end of the day, they're on different teams, but they're all fraternity. Uh, Even our know, guys here in Tampa, all right? the way from Tampa to Seattle, to Buffalo, to Miami, every guy in that league, knows what that play was happened last night sure. and they wonder, can that be me? Am I, am I next? And it's a scary situation. And I just ask you this, I don't want to be insensitive about it, but you know, does the NFL have to replay this game? What do you do at no. this juncture? Does it give KC the advantage to have the number one seed? Is that unfair? I think you just gotta, you, you gotta allow it. I mean, you have to allow it. And if it's the number one seed, that's the way it is because Again, it is more than it, it. It's it's just a game, and here's what I here's what I said. Th this game's not going to get replayed. They're not going to finish this game. One, the 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 issue of having for Buffalo to have to go back to Cincinnati with all what just happened. Yeah. Forget about the timeline. There's not any time left in the schedule to do it. They're not playing this game. I'm not even sure Buffalo is going to play Sunday. I would think. I think it's going to depend on the next couple of days on what the you know, the, the medical situation with is with Hamlin. If Hamlin's situation goes dire and all, God forbid, you know, the, the worst case scenario happens, I don't think the NFL will play on Sunday. I don't think so either. And I think that's the right thing to do because at the end of the day, we know that the NFL is about money, but you also. Nah, the, the, it, it's about money, but they're not going to, they're not going to. Well, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is I think the NFL would make the right decision. I think there's again, 
there is a, 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 a mindset or a thought process that the NFL is all about money. But at the end of the day, if something does happen to this young man who is in critical condition, I don't think there's going to be a lot of NFL players. The players won't play. Right. The they players won't play. won't play. Right. And they and, won't. They'll refuse to play. It makes the situation just so surreal. I mean, that's yeah, just that's again, enough. we don't as the time of this recording, it's Tuesday night. We don't have an update. Obviously, you know, things could change in the next 24, 48, 72 hours. I would think that the, the league is going to take the position of starting tomorrow, Wednesday, tell the teams to prepare like they're going to play Sunday. And if obviously something health-wise changes, they could obviously alter that decision later in the week. But I think from a you know organizational and league perspective, I think the, the, the thought is going to be, okay, guys, we're going we're gonna to at least start the preparation process to play on Sunday. Hopefully the situation will be a little more uh, clear come late Thursday, Friday at the latest about his condition, you know, and all that stuff. And then they'll make a final decision. Probably Friday, they would make a final decision. A situation like this in sports. I mean, I, I just thought of one and, and it goes back to Owen Hart at the accident with the, in the pay-per-view and they right. decided to continue that pay-per-view after he lost his life with the accident, um, you know, falling from uh, the bungee cord and, just horrific. And yeah, that's just that's that's a lack of awareness by you know McMahon and those and those people back then. That was just absolute lunacy, and that's that's being a money whore. You talk about being money whores. Right. That's being a money whore. Correct. Correct. So, do you remember an incident in football? Do you remember an incident in professional sports? I, I mean, there there have been a couple guys that have been paralyzed in games. Right. NFL guys in the last thirty years. That have been injured on the field ended up ended up not knowing that they got carted off in a stretcher in an ambulance. They were still alive, but they ended up being paralyzed after the fact. Correct. But never, I mean, again, Hank Gathers is the first thing I thought of when he when when I heard CPR and you know that's what I thought of because I but remember that vividly. He had an underlining health condition. He had an underlining heart issue. Yeah. And we don't know if this guy again. We don't know if Demar oh. ha- Hamlin has any kind of. You know, pre-existing. We don't know that. So we're again, but when I heard CPR, that's the first thing I thought of was Hank Gathers. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's scary. Um, and back and back to your point of operationally, what does the NFL do? It wouldn't shock me if again they're not. I don't think this, that that game is going to agree. So I think Cincinnati and Buffalo are going to play one less game than everybody else. Whatever that is, I don't think they're going to make it up. I think they're going to end up with sixteen games. And here's what I think is going to happen if. They, if Kansas City and Buffalo end up with the same number of losses, let's say they both play this week and win, or they don't play this week, they both have three losses. I think the commissioner is going to make Buffalo the number one seed because they beat Kansas City during the regular season. Yeah, but there's See, that's that's the tiebreaker. You can't right. you can't penalize Buffalo for not getting a chance to play that extra game. I don't think there's any way you can tell Kansas City we're going to make you the number one seed when they both have the same number of losses and Buffalo beat Kansas City. Yeah, head to head. I think that's what's going to happen, and I think that that's what I think is going to happen. I don't. Again, it wouldn't shock me if they don't play any games this week, but I don't think they're going to make Kansas City the number one seed. Now, just correct me if I'm wrong, because this is way back, and I had conversations with my father about this, but they didn't cancel the games when JFK was assassinated, correct? Correct. In in, in post-Jackson 
down the road, Pete Rosell, who was the commissioner at the time, said that was his biggest regret ever as commissioner. He was the commissioner of the NFL for like 30 years. Imagine that. I mean, could you imagine that situation if there was a president of the United States that was assassinated? Yep. And, and you don't cancel the games. And I get, I understand. Different it. era. Again, 60 years ago, much different climate. I get it, but you're right. That's again, he, 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 he went to his grave saying that was the biggest mistake of his professional life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, so again, shout out to uh, the, all the people that have contributed to his uh, charity, charity foundation with the toys. I think they're above $5 million now. If I saw something, I saw something late Tuesday night, Tom Brady made a big contribution to that fund as well. So good for Tom Brady and all the people around the league. I'm sure you will see, wouldn't shock me at all if every team in the league contributes minimum $100,000 to that fund. Again, that's going to be something that'll, that'll live forever. That foundation and the, the things he was doing as an unknown sixth round draft pick player, you know, trying to raise money for kids in his neighborhood and in the Pittsburgh area for that stuff. So what, what, what a job by everybody around the country contributing to that. Uh, fund in that uh, foundation and you'll see that'll probably end up being 20 million dollars before it's over with all the contributions that are going to accumulate here in the next numerous days and weeks hopefully all right so let's 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 transition back to on the field i know it's uh, tricky but let's 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 talk some bucks here we're gonna we're here to talk a little buccaneer football so we're gonna try to give you a little buccaneer pre review of the of the carolina game a little preview this weekend all right so bucks win 30 to 24 Again, another nail biter, Peter Blake. You know the bu- <laughs> the Bucks get down again, fourteen nothing. A decent start for the Buccaneers. They're driving. Chris Godwin fumbles. I can't blame Godwin. He's protecting the ball. The guy made a great play. Say what you want. The guy for Carolina made a great play. Uh, what I didn't like was Carolina goes right down the field on the first drive. They scored about four or five plays. It's seven nothing before you can even. Before Peter Blake can even uh, get a hot dog in his mouth at the house or well, at Whiskey Wings. Right. I'm at Whiskey Wings. I'm trying to get a chicken wing in my mouth. I'm trying to announce the game, pump the crowd up, but I can't even do that because already Carolina is up seven to nothing and all kinds of Bucks fans are saying, not again. Here we go again. Right. And I was trying to pump them up and you don't know what to do. I mean, it's just, it's, it's comical because this defense has these type of starts every game. The offense has these type of starts. Once again, we always talk about it, not to get ahead of ourselves. You got a chance when you got Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. So 14 nothing. the Bucks get back in the game. Uh, they get to 14-7. to seven. That was what uh, Evans' first bomb late in the first half, too. It was kind of a pivotal last three or four minutes of the first half. They hit him on a, they hit him on a, on a kind of a broken play a little bit. He hits Evans with a bomb down the sideline, 14-7. They... Give Todd, I'll give Todd Bowles credit. He called timeout right before the two-minute warning, used his timeouts on defense, creates the the turnover uh, with the with, with the sack fumble. No, it was no. They just held him. They yeah. they hold him. They get good field position under two minutes, and then they hit him with another deep one there at the end of the first half. No, I'm sorry. They kick a field goal. A lot of people thought the Bucks should have gone for it. I like that Todd Bowles got the points. To be honest with you, I know the, everybody wanted him to go for it. I like that he got the points. Well, you're right. They caused the fumble. It puts them in position to kick the field goal. And that is a momentum change because instead of 14 to seven before the half, it's 14 to 10. Yep. And that's the key thing. And credit to where credit is due, that defense was able to cause turnovers. And we talked about it. That was the big time key, Jason Powers. 
uh, you know, last uh, no quarter given. If this defense could do it, they did it against Arizona. They caused three turnovers. They did it in this game, causing three turnovers. Yep. And again, again, give, Darnold played good for the first couple quarters, but then in the Bucks really kind of locked down that Carolina offense in the third quarter. Again, third quarter, it was 14 10. Suckup has a field goal blocked. To me, it's a low kick, and we'll talk about special teams in a little bit. But I think I don't think Suckup had Suckup did not have a great day. Missed missed uh, the short field goal. Again, little surprise. Todd Bowles continues to roll him out there for these 52, 53 yard field goals. His range is not nearly what it you know what other guys is. We understand that he he's good from probably 50. 50 is his number, in my opinion. Um, you know, low kick, missed the kick, had a kick blocked. And then had had another missed extra point that we'll get to, but again, fourteen ten, they we have all the momentum, but then we give up that touchdown. That Sam Darnold makes it twenty one ten, early fourth quarter, and now it's now it's now guess what we start seeing, Peter Blake, hurry up, no no huddle offense, finally, yep, finally, yep, quick score twenty one seven twenty one eighteen, we get a two point conversion, um, you know, then we get the strip sack. Uh, to make it 20, was it 20? Help me, help me here. Yeah, it's, it's uh, 24 to uh, at the time. What was it? Made 20, yeah, we, we went for two again, didn't make it. Right. Um, and then they score again to make it 30 with a missed extra point. So that's right. how we get to 30. Again, Bucks with a strip sack. Again, we'll talk about, let's talk about the defense a little bit. You know, Anthony Nelson is a guy starting to show up more and more each week. He's playing better and better. I think I saw a stat. He played every one of the defensive snaps. Shoyinka playing a little a little bit better, not still where he needs to be, but a little bit more pressure. But again, Nelson, you got the timely night, a great interception by Sean Murphy Bunning, um, the recovery by Vita Vey on the strip sack by Anthony Nelson. Your thoughts on the defense? Well, the defense definitely showed up again, causing turnovers. And Nelson with that key fumble there on Sam Darnold puts you in position to go in for the one yard plunge with Tom Brady. It looked like Leonard Fournette was going to be. Uh, the guy that gets the go-ahead touchdown there at the end of the day, uh, and then we made a 30-21. Of course, suck up, missed the extra point, but and that's key. And we've seen that motor from Anthony Nelson. Not highly uh, athletic, not the most gifted defensive end, but he's able to have that high motor and use it. And he's shown up in some key situations this year. And it also goes back to Brady throwing the ball down the field to Mike Evans. We talked about it. Ten catches for 207 yards, three touchdowns, 63, 57, 30. Those were big-time plays. In fact, that 63-yard touchdown, the first one, puts Mike Evans to uh, nine consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons to start his career, which is amazing in itself. But that was also the big-time key that we talked about the last show is that you have to get Evans involved in this offense, and he definitely was involved in the game plan. Good for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because we've seen them earlier on against the Pittsburgh Steelers when you're missing key personnel on the back end. You're missing your best corner in J.C. Horn. You're able to take advantage of it with not only Godwin going over 100 yards, but also Evans. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's the other part. Godwin had a really good game. He really, yep. You really saw Bra- – and let's give the offensive line credit. They, the pass protection was pretty good. Yeah, I know he got sacked a couple times early in the, in the first half, but there were a lot of times he had a lot of time to throw the ball against a pretty good Carolina pass rush. So give give the offensive line some credit this week. Donovan, I know he had the one holding call early, but he played pretty well after that. Worf was in there. And again, the interior played well too. So let's give, they didn't run the ball for a lot of yards, but they did run the ball 25 times and you committed, you created a little bit of play action opportunity because you still ran the ball with enough frequency. 
And that's the reason why you're able to go down the field because basically you got those linebackers sucked in. You got the secondary sucked in because they're expecting the short pass or they're expecting that short run. And that's when you can get those deep plays down the field. And Godwin, what's like 30 something, 32 yards away from having a thousand receiving. Here's a player that's coming off a traumatic injury and he's able to still have a thousand yards receiving. Can you imagine how much better he's going to be next year? Can you other, yeah, I mean, we, again, well, let's we'll, let's let's get through this year first, buddy, because we got enough problems this year. Let's let's. <laughs> well, there's some optimism on this team. Yeah. I got to tell you, the way this offense is looking, they're getting healthy at the right time. You know, no Carlton Davis, but Jamel Dean steps up. Yep. Sean Murphy Bunting playing like he did in 2020 postseason here the last couple of games. I mean, what's happened in this? Where has this been? And they're doing it at the right time. And oh, by the way. Ryan Jensen is starting to practice, so who knows? Maybe they get Ryan Jensen back in that offensive line. It's a lot better. Uh, hats off to them, by the way. They gave Brady the necessary time in this game, especially in that second half when they decided to start throwing the ball down the field. You give Brady three to five seconds to throw. You're going to kill you. Start. Yep. Two things on offense, and we'll move on, and then we'll move to special teams. The quarterback sneak was back involved in the offense. I like that, finally. Yep. And, and they converted every time. He was two for two at least. He had the touchdown run after the four net touchdown got overturned, and then he ran another one early in the game. They went for it on fourth down. They got it on fourth down. So again, he is devastating on the on the quarterback sneak. And again, not that you have to run it every time. You don't want to do it every time. But Brady has to pick his spots to do that because again, you don't want to make it that predictable where it's every single time that you're doing it. But I like that they went to it. And Brady Brady understands championship game. I, 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 you, you got to be willing to take a couple more hits in a championship type game than you would be if it's week six. And listen, he's not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. Okay. He's not fragile. He's no. about six, three, six, four, six, five quarterback who can handle himself. There's a reason why he's on that TB 12 method. Yep. Definitely quarterback sneaking. And most of the time, I think it's like 90% of the time you're going to get a first down. So go for the quarterback sneak. Go for it. You had a couple of misconnections mis- with Kate Otten. I know Brady lit him up one time verbally. You know, Otten stopped. And one time he didn't catch the ball. Again, I'm not going to kill. Bad game for Otten. He did. He didn't play well. Yep. But he, again, he's been a solid contributor when he's getting opportunities. I'm not going to kill him. Uh, but again, Otten's got to be a little bit better as we as we move through the, into the last game here into the playoffs. And I think this could be a week that you'll see a lot of Kate Otten. You'll a lot of catch because again, this is a guy who needs the reps. You just need to keep playing. He again, that's a guy you need to keep playing uh, and all that. All right, let's go to special teams a little bit. Maybe the play of the game. Your guy, the punt god. Yeah. But I'll say this, and I'm a punter. He did not do a great job on the snap. He should have caught the snap. I know it was a low, but he did not field the ball very well from a technique perspective. Mishandles the ball. Absolute disaster in the making. It's 30 to 24 now with 40, 50 seconds left in the game. If he gets tackled behind the line, Carolina has the ball in the 40-yard line with timeouts, with time and only 40 yards to win the game. If the Bucks were to lose that game 31-30 on a play like that, I mean, uh, can you imagine what this town would be and the in the and just the turmoil that would be at one buck place had that play gone a different way? Fire Todd Bowles, fire Byron Leftwich, fire everybody, get rid of everybody. That would be the Bucks fan base because yep. that was a complete disaster. And uh, Jake Carmada, 
Shows off his athleticism. One of his big traits was his athleticism coming out. Former baseball guy. He outruns a Carolina guy to the edge to the left and then somehow kicks the ball with his right foot. I've seen guys roll left and kick it with their left foot because I'm a former punter. He's a right-footed guy. That's very difficult to do is run left, square up your body, and still get a kickoff. And here's the other great thing. Granted, there was a penalty on the play for men downfield, which is fine. The one, the kick didn't get blocked. Two, it burned another 10 seconds off the clock, even though you had to re-kick it. Right, and it's the IQ in the situation. It's not just the athleticism. It's the understanding of the situational football and how can it affect your team. And he came through with flying colors. He really did. So even Tom Brady talked about it. Yep. It was a major play of the game. Good for the Bucks. It goes in their direction. And once again, they're able to close it out because that it was a nail biter. Even it to was. Half, it was. It was. It was. So Bucks win 30 to 24. T-shirt and hat day for the Buccaneers at Raymond James. You know, you could see the relief on Todd, Todd Bowles' face post-game in his press conference. Tom Brady as well. He'll never admit it, but you know the 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 nineteenth division title for Tom Brady in his career. Can you believe that nineteen division titles? And the first time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have ever won a division title in back to back years. Amazing! It's absolutely amazing. You have three consecutive years where you make the playoffs. I mean, how about that, Bucks fans? That's amazing. And I get it. There's been trials and tribulations. We've talked about this team being dead in the water. We've talked about the struggles. Of the offense, we talked about the defense being on the field too long and letting down. But at the end of the day, the Bucs are able to rectify the situation, get to 8-8, eight and eight, and win the NFC South. Celebrate, my friends. I agree with that. I no doubt about it. Again, the Bucs will host a playoff game, wild card weekend. We don't know what that is. There's a, Who knows what the NFL schedule is going to be like. Remember, there's a two-week gap between championship and NFL, so the NFL theoretically has an extra week they could – push everything back a week if they wanted to to play that Buffalo Cincinnati game, or for some reason they had to cancel games this weekend because of the, the, the Hamlin situation, they could bump everything back one week, which would then bump the playoffs back a week. So there's a potential that the bucks could play in three weeks or you could play the wildcard game. Here's the thing for the Buccaneers. Now they've won the division. They cannot improve their seating. And the other part of this in the NFC is, Philadelphia lost and Dallas won. So now both of those teams have to play this week to win a game. The number one seed in the division title still up for grabs. So they're going to have to play their guys in both games. More probability that somebody potentially gets hurt. You never know what could happen. So there's no guarantee we're playing Dallas. We could theoretically still play the Philadelphia Eagles in a wild card game. We don't know yet. But again, they have their teams have to prepare like it's a must-win game because it still could be for both those teams. And I think the matchup you want to look for is the Dallas Cowboys because even though Jalen Hurts is hurt, per se, uh, they still have a pretty talented team. And then at the end of the day, they also have revenge on their mind from getting eliminated by the yeah. Bucks. So I'd rather see the Cowboys in that first round at the end of the day. We'll see how it works out. But you talk about it, and we've kind of talked about this all fear about Tom Brady not playing and the Bucks resting their starters. Here's what he had to say. It's always up to coach, but yeah, that would bother me. I haven't missed a game other than my ACL injury. And then in 2016, I missed the first four games. Other than that, I played them all. He also goes on to say on his let's go podcast on Monday night. I think when you say it's meaningless, I understand the context, but I don't think anything's meaningless. 
everything's in preparation for what's ahead. I think that you could look at it, okay, it's not going to matter per standing, but it matters because you're a professional. It matters because it's your performance. It matters because it's your job. It matters because it's a football season and we're paid to be football players. And you know, it's all these decisions. I'm not the head coach, so I don't make those decisions. And obviously, whatever uh, he wants to do, I support it. But you know, I love going out there and playing. I love trying to get better. We're eight and eight. We don't have all the problems solved. I mean, I look at it like, man, we got to use every opportunity, every day of practice to get better. Your thoughts? Hold that thought for one second. Let me just let me just let the, let our audience know there's not going to be a montage this week because we're playing the Atlanta Falcons. So if you want to see the previous montage that Paul Stewart of BuckPower.com did, go to the BuckPower TV YouTube channel. You can see the audio and the video version of his montage of the Atlanta Falcons from previously and earlier in the season. So we're not going to have a montage. So now we're going to talk. So now how to get that out of the way. Now we can talk Atlanta Falcon preview heading. What should the Bucks do? Should not do when it comes to relative to playing time, injuries, things like that. You make a great point. Todd Bowles came out Monday in his press conference and said his intention is to play starters. He didn't say how long. He didn't say the whole game. He said, my intention is to play the starters that are healthy. Here's what I, I think is going to happen. You're right. Tom Brady, does he, does, he wants to continue a streak of playing in every game other than when he was injured. So would it shock me if he played a quarter? No. You're not going to see Tom Brady more than a quarter. And, and the time you do see Tom Brady in the game, you're going to see the starters in the game, the linemen, all those people. He, You're not going to see Tom Brady in the game with Luke Gedeke at right tackle and Brandon Walton at left tackle. That ain't happening. No. But, but, but again, I could see a, a series or two in Atlanta where Tom Brady says, I want to keep the rhythm going. Everybody plays one or two series to break a little sweat. I could see that happening 100%. At the quarterback position, I could see three quarterbacks being activated this week. Gabbert and Trask, I could see both being active. Because if you're Todd Bowles and Jason Light, one, I think you want to get Blaine Gabbert some reps. God forbid something happened to Brady. You'd want to get him some reps for a playoff game. And I think you'd want to get Kyle Trask some reps to get him some game action, maybe the second half of that Atlanta game. Your thoughts? I mean, you want to see what you got in him because he hasn't played all year long, hasn't even dressed. But at the end of the day, when Tom Brady's in a game and you're down 35-7 to to the San Francisco 49ers, he has no business being in that game. So he's still in that game. For me, it's Brady's decision and Brady's decision only. He could sit there and say all day long that it's on the coach and, and it's the coach's decision. But we all know who calls the shots. Uh, I don't think in this situation. In my opinion, I think I think that's a possibility. Now, going back to your point, let's say they're up twenty-one to nothing or twenty-eight to nothing and a half. Then you bench Brady. But if you struggle, as crazy as it sounds, no way. I I, I don't no think way. it's the right decision, but I just don't rule it out when it comes. Brady, to I know Brady has a lot of pull with a lot of things. There's no way in hell Tom Brady's going to be in that game in the second half. At most, he plays a half, and I don't even think he's going to play that much. If he plays, right, it ain't his call. I can tell you right now, there ain't Todd Bowles would be fired on the spot post game if he was in that game and Tom Brady got hurt. Oh, he would be fired. That would that would be that would be a fireable offense. There's no way in hell Tom Brady's in that game very long on Sunday. Again, do I could I see him playing a couple series? Yes, to keep the rhythm going. But again, 
They're going to get plenty of practice. They're going to get plenty of practice reps. He's going to get a lot of the practice reps in practice. Tom Brady's not going to take two weeks off of practicing practice-wise. In games, no way he plays more than a couple of series, in my opinion. Again, certain guys are going to play. Kate Otten, the, you know, the interior guys. I think you're going to see Hainsey, the center play. What if Ryan Jensen is potentially able to play on Sunday in Atlanta? Do you play him? I would play Ryan Jensen if he was healthy to play Sunday because you want to get some of that rust off of Ryan Jensen if he was fully healthy and capable of playing. Your thoughts? No, absolutely. I think you do definitely play Ryan Jensen. It's a different situation because he hasn't had those reps. So exactly, you don't want to put him in there cold. You want to get some reps out of him. So I definitely think they would play a Ryan Jensen. For me, it's an opportunity for the Bucks to rest all their starters, all the guys that are injured. Anybody Tristan. nicked up. All right, a Donovan Smith, a Mike Vita Evans. Vea. It doesn't matter. The game Carlton Davis. The day. It really does not no. matter. I understand where Brady's coming from and what he's saying and how he doesn't want to, you know, LeBron James it, right? He doesn't want to rest. He doesn't want to be like the NBA players who take rest almost every night. He doesn't want to be like that. I get that. But it really doesn't mean anything. And honestly, it's an advantage to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it's in all actuality a bye week for them. If they want it to be, if they right. want to get their players healthy, they're, they're going to be able to do it versus the Falcons who are lifeless and have nothing to play for either. No, but they, but give them credit. They've been pesky. They played hard. No matter what the record is, they played hard. Give Arthur credit, a ton of credit. And I do think you're going to see the, again, you're going to see the starters that are fully healthy play at least a half. Cause remember from a, from a roster perspective, you can't sit down 20 guys. You only no. have, you have to play. You only got 46 guys that are active. So you can't sit down 15 guys because you don't have that many guys, even on the practice squad. So guys are going to have to play veteran guys. You're going to see Cam Braid a lot. You're going to see Rudolph a lot. Otten. You're going to see Keyshawn Vaughn. You're going to see probably Leonard Fournette because, again, receiver wise, you're going to see Julio play. Julio's going to want to play in Atlanta. That, that's part of the equation there. You're going to see Gage play. You're going to see Tompkins, Scotty Miller. You'll see very limited Evans and Godwin. Defensively, I think Vea won't play because of his calf. You want him fully healthy for that playoff run. Carlton Davis, I know Jamel Dean is fighting an injury. Those two, to me, won't play. But you can't sit everybody. Edward, you know, you can't sit them all. So you guys are going to play. It goes back to what Todd Bowles said. We don't have 80 or 90 players like we had in training camp. And our offensive line right now, we don't have enough players to do that. So there'll be a lot of guys active, I think. That may be reserved. So, again, Winfield will probably be active. Mike Edwards. But you'll probably see a lot of D. Delaney, Logan Ryan, those kind of guys. You'll yep. see a lot of Lo- You'll see a lot of Logan Hall, Patrick O'Connor. No, I mean, I mean I'm serious. Right. You'll see those guys play. But you won't see Vita Vea play. He'll probably be inactive. In my- Anybody hurt will be inactive. And what will probably happen with the guys that are healthy, the Devin Whites of the world, you'll see them for just a little bit. And then you'll see them as a reserve. K.J. Britt will play a lot. Those kind of guys will play much more for the Buccaneers, uh, you know, than, than, than they played in, in, in weeks past. And that's part of it. That's, you know, that you've earned it. The Bucs have earned this opportunity to get guys healthy. It's a great thing. Even though the record ain't great, it's a great thing that you've earned this opportunity. And it may be a blessing in disguise at the end of the day. Yeah. No, well, no doubt about it. Give me a prediction for Sunday. 
31-14 Tampa Bay. I'm calling a blowout. Even wow. though it's a meaningless game, I think this offense is uh, on a roll now. They got some momentum. Uh, first half, look for them to come out with some urgency in that hurry up. Uh, and then this will be a chance. This will be a chance. It's like a preseason game. You right. can run the hurry up from the get go because you're not going to be playing very long with all the starters. So it wouldn't shock me at all if they do come out hurry up that first drive or two, especially if Brady's in the game. Why not take that philosophy going into the playoffs too during the during a, a game that actually matters? So I could definitely see that 31-14 Tampa Bay over the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's going to be a much closer game just because of the reserves. I think Atlanta's going to play a lot of their starters most of the game. They want to win the game at home, last home game. Um, I know, you know, the theory is you lose, it's a better draft position. But again, give Atlanta credit, Arthur Smith. They they he's coached these guys very well. He's gotten the most out of a pair, pretty pedestrian roster this year. You got to give him credit. Yeah, you definitely got to give him credit, but uh, they should have gotten off of Mariota as quickly as possible to mm. see what the Ted Ritter's got. That's I'm going to go, I'm going to go, right? tw- I'm going to go 21, 21 or 23 to 17 kind of game. A really, you know, close game. I'll say 20, I'll say 23, 17 bucks in a close one. Bucks get to nine and eight. Again, the game doesn't matter. Let me ask you this. Whichever we only got about a minute and a half here, so quick. Do you think the Bucks play prime time Saturday night? Do you think they play Sunday afternoon, or do you think they play Monday night in the wild card game? Saturday night, I think it's Saturday night. And yeah, because remember, ESPN has both games on Saturday. NBC has the Monday night wild card game. Remember, Bucks fans, there's a Monday night game now. NBC on Monday night. I could see the Bucks playing Monday night prime time. If it's Dak, if it's the Cowboys coming to town, I could see that being the Monday night game. NBC certainly possible. Certainly. All right, Peter Blake, tell me where we can find all their great work. Sports Web Monday and Wednesday night. I love St. Pete, the hub, amped up sports. Of course, like and subscribe to the Sports Web on YouTube. Do three things: bring your passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Powers on Sports Podcast, No Quarter Given Podcast that we're here, and also the Florida Football Insiders. We preview the national championship game, talking NFL, obviously, we're going to talk the handle situation. Great job, Peter Blake. We'll see everybody next week for a playoff edition. We'll see if there's games. We'll the not sure what's going to happen yet, but hopefully that game. Playoff edition of the No Quarter Given Podcast. We'll see you next week, Buck fans. Thanks for tuning in. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.